0: Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam, and I'm here to help you. Today's episode is sponsored by Follies, the makers of STEM play sets inspired by art and architecture. Their goal is to unleash big-sized creativity for bright little minds. You can learn more about this episode's sponsor by visiting playfollies.com or clicking on their link in this episode's show notes for more information. And now, let's get into the show. You said not bad, you're back to work today. Okay. Well, hopefully it's a nice, relaxing kind of day. I don't know what you do for work. (sighs) But can we just get to like, having a no or low stress day at the office or day day on the job? (sighs) Because let's be honest, there's enough stress in life in general. I am. Hey, good morning. So I'm just enjoying a little tea this morning. I hope I don't mind. I have just like a little tickle in my throat. And I thought, of course, it would happen <laughs> on today of all days. Y'all today, I'm actually excited because good morning. I'm excited because um, I actually have a podcast sponsor today. So if you when you go back and you listen to this episode, um, you'll hear me talking about Follies, which is a play set that I got. Um, And y'all know I love dry erase. So (laughs) the fact that this blends um, dry erase with like engineering, which is one of the uh, subjects that we cover on our schedule. Actually, today is our engineering day for the afternoon. It was just like, to me, the perfect matchup. And I just thought, oh yes, I cannot wait. And the fact that they were wanting to sponsor an episode just made my entire like everything I was so excited um and my kids love that set it's supposed to be for younger kids but actually my oldest who's into art um and stem in general enjoys it too like being able to put the pieces together and create different things so it felt to me like the perfect matchup because if you've ever, if you've been doing any kind of creator stuff on social media, you know, sometimes you get some really weird (laughs) requests. (laughs) So I say no to a lot of things, um, but this one felt so um, genuine to say yes to. So I'm just excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Congratulations. Like I was just over the moon with excitement to, to even be asked. So yay. So if you go back and listen, like I said, to this episode, you'll hear about them in the um, the breaks in the podcast, and I did make a video about the playset as well. So it just felt really nice to be able to say, ah. <laughs> "It's a sponsored episode." <laughs> oh, lady agent. Okay, that's right. Um, yeah, the these name changes with um, <laughs> this new TikTok update is kind of crazy. So, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but good to see you this morning. And so there's two Rebeccas in here. So first Rebecca, you said you work at a plant nursery, which is like that and librarian is probably like my dream job if there if there ever is such a thing as a dream job, right? Like plant nursery and librarian would probably be my top two picks. Good morning, good morning. It's going well. I can't complain, except like I said, a little tickle in my throat, but we've got some some chai to take care of that. Also, it seems that we still do not have QA guys. I guess it's not a feature that's coming back because it seems like um, I guess it wasn't utilized enough, you know, across all the lives. So. If you are doing the, you know, when we're doing the QA, when we're doing the questions today, um, if you're directing it at me specifically, please just throw like a yellow emoji, like one of the smiley face things in the front. It just makes it that much easier to go back through and see it. Um, if it's to like the group in the chat and, and you don't mind who answers it, then by all means just ch- uh, type like normal. Um, so, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started with any questions that you guys have uh, regarding homeschooling. Rebecca, yes, are you still doing the unschooling trial? Okay no not fully <laughs> uh, so no is my answer but we our afternoons are more unschoolish okay so we have a schedule for the morning i have to start my mornings with a routine it just i need to get certain things done and i need to know that my kids are getting certain things done in the morning it just it was too free spirited of an approach for me um so our, our mornings are not unschooled we have um our set routine. Yes, thank you mom and tater. Yes, we're all good. Um, the afternoons though are structured like, you know, bowling bumpers. Like we have tonight or not tonight, this afternoon we're going to still do our foreign language, um our social studies and our engineering, but I'm letting my kids kind of direct which activities, which resources we utilize. So The afternoon is more unschooled, (laughs) but I cannot do my, I can't structure our whole homeschool that way. I cannot, it just, it doesn't fit with my brain. Cause my, it, my mornings felt chaotic, even though I was still doing, you know, the lives and I was doing my thing. I would just look at my kids like, what's, what's happening? What are we doing? They're just sitting here, (laughs) but they, I mean, they enjoyed it more over the summer so they did get a lot of unschooling time, trust me, because we didn't finish our um, summer bridge workbooks at all. Um, so they did do a lot of unschooling over the summer, but we now that we're back with our schedule, I couldn't make it till September. I could not. <laughs> so we're still following basically this schedule. I don't know if it's coming through. Every time I hold it up, the lamination makes it seem like it's coming through blurry to me. But that's what we're following. And if you want to see my schedule and how I break down the subjects of of when we do things, I do have it posted over um, as a post on my Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, I do post um, kind of more like day in the life stuff over on Instagram, less so over here on TikTok. Um, So that's kind of where we're at on that with unschooling. <laughs> Heather, you're asking any advice for first time homeschooling mom of a third grader? So yeah, so Heather, <clears throat> one thing I think is first and foremost, most important when you are considering homeschooling or when you're transitioning to homeschooling is that you do not have to emulate what your kid was used to at school. You can completely toss it all <laughs> if you want to. Um, and come up with your own flow, your own structure. Like if your kid is used to getting up at six o'clock in the morning, starting school at seven, you don't have to keep that trend going if you do not want to. Um, For example, we don't start officially our schoolwork until 10. That's when I finish this live. And that's when my kids really get started with the day. They've had a nice long morning to, you know, wake up when they when their bodies naturally wake up, eat breakfast, get into the flow of their day and you know do any chores, clean up that need to happen and then we can get into the academic stuff. Um, I think one thing that I did in the beginning making a p- big mistake was really trying to almost one up the school system by being even more strict, more extreme, having more subjects in the day. You know, everything I felt like we were doing at home wasn't enough. And the truth is it is, it is enough. And there's so many things that you can ca- that your kid will casually learn just through conversations with you, through things that they encounter as you're going out and about in your day that become these teachable moments. So <clears throat> your lifestyle is the lesson. And you can of course add on to that and supplement that with an organized curriculum that you purchase. However, you do not have to be very strict and rigid. With your homeschool, so that's one thing I would say. Like, take your time, easing into it. You know, learn your third graders' learning style. Incorporate all different types of learning, not just the workbooks, not just the worksheets. Um, you know, games, just conversations. Um, you can get a lot out of that. Like just yesterday, my kids, my oldest and I, were coming back from <clears throat> Zaxby's and we came across this random of random, most random TikTok that said. Uh, why is there a D in fridge, but not a D in refrigerator? And the person um, doing that TikTok went through the etymology of the word refrigerator and fridge. Now my kid knows that. No work she required, no quiz required. And she got to learn this you know, interesting anecdote about the language development over time of the word refrigerator and fridge. So learning happens all the time. <clears throat> Um, All right, let me jump back up because I I know I'm missing questions. Let me see. If you've typed it to me directly and I missed it, let me go back and hopefully there's an emoji next to it. You said, where did you get the school year calendar? Did you just make it? I did, I did make it. Um, This came through just any spreadsheet program that you have. I think I did this one on numbers, but you could also do something like this on Google Sheets or Excel. Um, that's my go-to guys. Like I'm a spreadsheet person. So yeah, I just made that one. Okay. I'm scrolling back up. You said school starts here tomorrow and you're so glad you don't have to get up at six and get on the bus at seven. Exactly. Exactly. You said, um, unschooling gives you anxiety cause it's so chaotic. Yeah, it's, it is chaos to me for sure. Um, so it's not, it's just not a good fit for me for the whole day. We can do bits of it, but it's like, what was that? trending sound that was going around, like, I can go with the flow, but I need to know what time the flow starts. That's me. Like, we can unschool, but between these hours. <laughs> so our unschooling is between 1.30 and 4 p.m. <laughs> but we have to have something, you know, in the morning that makes me feel reassured that um, we have accomplished something. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's just a leftover from... My public school days, my military days—like we, I need to see that structure is happening. Is it Melly? You said you're in—you're in New York City. How can you start for a sixth grader? So um, I hope I didn't—I probably mispronounced your username. I apologize. So New York City, as I learned over the course of doing these lives, is different than New York State. However, on the New York City website, it is uh, laid out for how you can get started. You just need to go to the Department of Education's website for New York City. Uh, when you get there, type in the search homeschool. Two words, I believe, is, is how they do it in New York City. Um, and then on that page, there is an eight-minute video of how to get started with New York City. And then also on that page is um, the documents that they would like for you to fill out to get you started. So New York City, every, every, to me, every other homeschool department of education should kind of emulate <laughs> New York City's website because they make it super simple in terms of following the instructions of how to get started and what they expect and what they need from you in New York City. Other states, like some states, are really not good. <laughs> but um, New York City is one of those that I'm like, this needs to be <laughs> the standard for getting this information and making it simple. Um, and then also, I'm hopeful that one day we'll have more people on the Rolodex uh, in my profile from all the states, and we can just say, like, reach out to this person if you have additional questions. Um, for the moment, um, I don't have anyone that's currently in New York City, however, um, I know Jasmine on the list has family in New York City and she's open to helping You know, if there are specific questions. You said you heard the wait time is long to get approved. Mm, that part I can't speak to. I'm not familiar with the average wait time for New York City. I would imagine during this time of year, it probably is longer because it's like the traditional back to school time. Um, but how long, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Whitney, you ask, how do you handle breakfast, lunch, snacks with your kids during the day? So it's scheduled. Okay. So right now is breakfast time for us. Um, they have basically until the start of school to make their own breakfast. And I try to make it autonomous by giving them snacks and not snacks, um, giving them like easy to make options. So we have cereal, instant oatmeal, pop tarts, frozen waffles. Um, also, my kids, my oldest, know how to cook. They can make bacon and eggs on their own, so they know how to do that. But before they knew how to do that, I just put everything for them on the bottom shelf and make it like very simple for them to to be able to do their own breakfast. Um, we're usually together for lunch. That's our first like break between homeschool, uh, the homeschool time of day. Again, nice long break. It it's between twelve and one thirty. Usually, they make their own, but and again, having lots of options that they can just put it together for themselves. Snack time for us is four o'clock. Usually for them, it's either fruit snacks or popcorn, like my, or pretzels, my kids are kind of like creatures of habit. Uh, so they, you know, have that uh, for their snack. And then our dinner is around six. Um, usually for dinner, if, if I make like today, I'll be making chili, I'll start prepping that at lunch using a crock pot. So that's kind of how we do it. Um, Usually, like sometimes we do Taco Tuesday, but today it's going to be chilly. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much how we do it. Okay, you'll keep me updated. Thank you. I would love to know how long that process is typically. Miss Sarah is from New York, so you and you were sharing what um, that process is. Ocean White, uh, she was asking to get approved for uh, homeschooling in New York City. Anyone in North Carolina? Yes, Sherry, North Carolina is currently represented on the Rolodex in my profile. So if you go to my profile page and click on it, there's several links in that link tree. The first is a link to resources that get recommended during these lives that you can click on and maybe find some curriculum or things that would work for you guys. The second is the Rolodex that just gives you a list of other homeschoolers uh, that you can reach out to. It's organized alphabetically by state. And And I'm in Georgia, by the way. And then other links like to things that I use personally are in my Amazon storefront. Um, I do share the links to um, the playset that I was talking about, the Follies Canvas playset that was my you know first official paid sponsor <laughs> on my TikTok. So that's on there too as well. Um, in addition to other links, like links to my book that I've written about how to get started with homeschooling and other frequently asked questions, that guide is also linked in my profile as well. You said, you're in South Carolina. Hello. You've been homeschooling going on three years now and you love it. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I love that name too, Rampage Jack. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. You guys, if you have any questions and I haven't seen it, just drop an emoji in front of it. That helps me go back and see. You said, do you know anything about the National Honor Society and homeschoolers? You know, Just as in, can can you be a part of it? Um, I do believe that depends on how their rules are written for the state that you're in, because I think you have to ha- have a chapter um, in each state. So for example, in Georgia, my kids can be a part of the National Honor Society through the high school that they will be going to, because in Georgia, <clears throat> we have a law called the Dexter Mosley Act that says from the start of sixth grade through 12th grade, any homeschooler can be a part of any extracurricular activity at the school that they would be assigned, or in the district that they would be assigned. So, if that becomes an option or something that your child is interested in, um, I would want to. You'd want to check to see if your state has a similar law covering that, um, or if maybe if they don't, I would maybe just reach out to the high school directly to ask if they would uh, consider your child being a part of that particular chapter, or if there are homeschools. Um, co-ops or groups in your area that have already done the legwork to open up a chapter, or become a member. Um, I don't know all the specific nuances of National Honor Society, but I do know with most extracurricular activities, like I said, here in Georgia and other states that have similar laws, our homeschooled kids can be a part of that. Okay, you're in New Jersey. Got it. Okay. Athena, you said they also have a homeschool honor society that you believe is nationwide. Okay, yeah, that's what I, I'm not 100% sure if there is a nationwide chapter. Let's get on and see if there is. Because I know the thing about, I was part of National Honor Society, so I know it's it's a chapter thing, but let's see if there's anything on their website about homeschool. Okay, so I'm on the National Honor Society website. I just went to the search, typed in homeschool, nothing came up. I typed it as one word, now I'm typing it as two. Um, Okay, so nothing comes up immediately for homeschool. Let's see how, um, because if I'm not mistaken, you have to join through a chapter that has like an advisor. But if it's something that you're really interested in for your child specifically, maybe one thing to consider would be looking and to see what does it take to start a chapter. That's something that I would suggest. But again, like I said, in, in states like Georgia where we have that law already in place, if my kid wants to be a part of um, National Honor Society, we would just do it through the high school. You said, you can't wait for it to get cooler so you can do daily walks. It's too hot in Texas. I know, y'all. My mom is in Texas, and she keeps talking about, send us your rain. I'm like, can't help you there. (laughs) Uh, You said, how do you implement social interactions? So, (laughs) uh, Mama Bear, one of the things about my kids is they don't need any help. (laughs) I'm the introverted, the most introverted in my family. So every time we leave the house and they see it if if I've paused for more than you know two minutes it seems they will say hello speak to anyone good morning how are you and if it if we're in a place where there's other children and they are interested in that child they will just go up to that child and say hi my name is how are you they don't need my help <laughs> implementing it however um each of my kids I have three kids by the way ages six 10 and 12 if you're new to me <clears throat> each of my three kids has their own weekly activity that is just for them just about them So in addition to just when we do like our normal library trips, like our on Wednesday, where it's all of us together, again, usually there's kids there. um, They each all have their own individual activity as well during the week with kids, their own age or around their own age um, that they enjoy going to. And that helps to implement social interactions. They've played with kids in the neighborhood. We go hang out with just people that we've met over time, just having normal play dates. And we have sometimes, done sleepovers with family. So it's, there's no issues. (laughs) Um, As long as you're just interacting with people. And I think one of the things that really helps my kids is that they've not ever been to public school. So they don't have that um, anxiety that I developed where you, you you're shy, you feel like you're going to be judged or bullied. Because I still feel that way as an adult. Like I don't make friends in public. (laughs) When you see me in public, I probably have the craziest like RBF because I'm just on guard all the time. And I struggle sometimes, even still as an adult, to open myself up to making friends. Um, And I know that that's left over from moving repeatedly in public school and just all the craziness that happens in public school. Um, But like I said, my kids don't have that anxiety. They have no fear of speaking to someone. If they ever do have an encounter with a kid that doesn't go well, or they're just not interested, they simply just walk away and they they know that uh, there'll be another chance another day to make another friend. So they don't really hold grudges if a kid is rude to them, or even if a kid is shy and doesn't want to play with them, they're like, okay, and they don't just go on their merry way. They don't really um, internalize it the way that I kind of did, because... You know, when you—if anyone in here was in public school like me—if you tried to make a friend and that friend was not receptive to you, you had to keep seeing that person for nine months. So you just kind of shut down and you didn't want to try again because it was embarrassing. And uh, <clears throat> for me, that has that has held over. So I I don't approach people in public, even if I think like I see another mom and I think she looks fabulous or she's she looks like she'd be such a fun friend, I will still say nothing. <laughs> And I probably have messed up, missed out on like making good friendships because I'm just like, I'm not going to approach you in public. It doesn't matter how cool I think you are. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and I, I feel like that to me is, um, like I said, a leftover from being in public school. And I'm glad that my kids aren't experiencing that same um, thing. Like they don't internalize a rejection or an embarrassment. They're just like, hmm. The sun will come out tomorrow, you know? So that's how we do it. I know that was kind of a long answer to that question. So let me just jump back up. I see a lot of you guys agreeing with me about your kids are social and we're not. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. Like when I've really um, unpacked that, it's just been one of those things that's like, <sighs> public school messed me up in that regard. <laughs> like I'm just not, I will not speak to someone unless they speak to me first. And then I know it's okay to talk to them. Like they want to talk to me. I will not make the first move. You said, did you join HSLDA? I did for like two or three years. I'm not currently a part of it. All right, I think I'm caught up on questions. I see you also guys were um, dropping information about Honor Society, so thank you for putting that in there. Oh, you said your daughter is a major social butterfly. Probably why she had a hard time in public school learning. Mm. You guys, yeah. I really like have sat back and thought that through about why am I so painfully unable to speak to someone who I would love to speak to. And it's just horrible. <laughs> Miss Sarah, you said you're open to answering any questions. You homeschooled in New York. Oh, okay. Would you want to be on the um, Rolodex? In my profile, I have like a list of people um, organized by a state. If you'd want to be on that, I can totally add you. Um, let me know if you'd be open to being on that list and people just reach out to you directly on your page. Also, that's open to anybody. If you're in um, a state and you homeschool, that's not just directed at Miss Sarah, but if you um, homeschool... And you go to my Rolodex, your state isn't represented and you'd like to be, um, just let me know in the comments. And, um, you know, I'll make sure I'm following you and you can send me a message of what you would like your description to say. Um, And I will make sure that you get at it because, yeah, the more people on there, the better. Because I don't have all the answers, but I I enjoy hosting these lives so that we can get answers. You said your kids are so introverted. You have them in activities and they tell me they don't want friends. <laughs> They're social in life, but they don't, they don't seek out friends. Now I understand that. That's me. Like I'm, I feel like the friends that I have have adopted me. And once, once I open up, that's it. We're friends. But <laughs> I usually don't make the first move. That's true. Kids can be mean. It's so true. It's sad. We were taught, talk- not to speak unless spoken to. Exactly, which is why I'm so, so confused sometimes when um, someone who is like really anti-homeschool uses the socialization argument as a pro for public school. I'm like, did you go to public school? Or are you giving me your Disney Channel version of public school? Because in my schools, we weren't even told, we were not even supposed to be talking in the halls. Like we had teachers come out Um, during class change and say, keep it moving, no stopping in the halls. Like, we weren't even allowed to socialize with our friends at our lockers. Like, what public school did you go to that just had all these opportunities to socialize, except maybe an after-school club, which, again, homeschoolers can do that. So what are we talking about? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So crazy. You said free websites for fourth graders for learning games um organized chaos definitely check out the uh, resources in my profile some of those websites are free uh, for multi-level ages and I think you might enjoy some of those activities for your fourth grader. there's a long list I'm going to try to make sure I get that more organized over the weekend but for now you can just kind of go through at your leisure reading the descriptions and checking out some of those free websites there's a ton on there thankfully and more get added every week You said at lunch only. Yeah, that was basically it, which was, what, 20 minutes? So, yeah. <laughs> that argument doesn't hold a lot of weight with me. Good morning, Kay. How's it going? You said your kids are extroverted. Yes. And how many times, though, did you just get in trouble in school for just daring to want to say hello to your friend or pass a note or whatever? So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Miss Sarah. Awesome. Thank you. I'm following you now. So just at your leisure, send me a, what you'd like for it to say. <laughs> you said you're not a good representative for your state. Okay. No worries. No pressure guys. It's, it's like totally open. Like it doesn't, no pressure. I don't want anyone to like feel uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so no worries, no issues. Children are seen and not heard. Remember that I do remember that you are so right you're not supposed to converse in school. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So when I hear that argument, it's like, what do you, what schools did you go to where your teachers were just so open to y'all chatting? Cause that was not my experience. Um, You said, what do you think about California homeschool rules? So I don't know them intimately. Um, if you wanted to reach out to some of the ladies on my Rolodex who are from California to get their like lived experience of the California rules, then they are open to receiving your questions, both of them. Um, what I have read about California, it to me doesn't actually sound very complicated. Um, I know that you do still have to notify and keep your records, but it doesn't sound any more stringent or strict than Georgia, which is where I am. Um, I know there's different options through um, California. So, but if you, I would definitely recommend reaching out to them directly to say, hey, give me the real deal about what's going on in California, how are the homeschool laws there? Um, But both of the ladies on the list are very like, um, they have, I think, an amazing approach to how they homeschool because it's like very free flowing and open to following the kids. Uh, approach and following what their kids are interested in. And so their their kids are thriving in California, the the ones that are on the Rolodex that I'm talking about. So <clears throat> let me jump through, jump back up, or I should say, is this pre-recorded? It is. So Jeanette, if you um, want to listen to the whole thing later, it'll be on um, my YouTube channel uh, through video, or I do also have the podcast, which is just called Homeschool Help Desk Live. And you can catch uh, the, the podcast recording of it later today. So yes, it is recorded. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. This episode is sponsored by Follies. Follies believes it's never too early to develop an eye for design and that children everywhere deserve access to products that respect their intelligence and sense of aesthetics. Be sure to visit playfollies.com or click on their link in this episode show notes for more information. And now back to the show. Hey, good morning Ja, how are you? You said, am I invisible? I don't think so. Let me jump back and see. Sometimes there's a delay though between when y'all post it and when I see it. Number rock for the resource spreadsheet. Let me double check and see if that one's on there. One second, let's see. Okay. Nope, let me add it, thank you. What's number rock, is that a show? Or no, that's number block that's a show, right? What is number rock? Let's see. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, math songs and videos. Cute. Okay. Oh, and they have downloadable lesson plans, worksheets, and games. Okay. This looks to be targeted towards elementary grades. They offer a free trial, which y'all know for me, if there's no free trial, it's like a little bit of a red flag. So good. I'm glad to see that on there. Okay. So yeah, let me do, um, jump back to the resources list and get this one added on. One second you guys i know i'm probably missing some of the comments give me one second okay cool so i got number rock on there oops i spelled it wrong there. got it thank you thank you zo for that um for dropping that one in there Okay, um, Jeanette. I don't think I saw anything before. Am I invisible? I don't think so. And then I saw... Let me jump down. Oh, okay. No, it's live. (laughs) I'm seeing you. Let's see. Are you looking to homeschool or switch? Oh, that's Kay responding to you. Oh, third grade resources to transition from public... To private. Wait a minute, was there something before that? Okay, I'm confused. Was there a question before that? What's the difference between homeschool and private school? Um, Private school is just you're paying to be under someone else's established school, or sometimes it's a charter school that you pay to be a part of that. Homeschool is where you are taking on the responsibility of your kid's education yourself, and you can pay for programs or resources to help you facilitate it, but you are the administrator of that school. Private schools have their own administrators, so you would be basically paying to be under their guidance, their tutelage. Um, Which one is better just kind of depends on which one is your kid going to be thriving in what works best for your budget like if you don't want to take on that administrative role as uh as a homeschooler private school could be better for you to take that part off of your plate um that answer is going to vary for you know different families april you said you'd love to hear how teaching textbooks is going for for us okay so yeah so if you've um been in any of the other lives, you know that we're doing the teaching textbooks free trial right now. I think we have like one or two more days of it. And my older two girls are really enjoying it. They are doing one to two lessons per day. And then every next day I get um, emailed to me an update of what they've done, like what lesson they did and how they scored on it. So I really like that part. Um, also it seems at this point, everything is still very review to them. So they don't have, um, they haven't done a ton of like new material just yet, but it's only been two weeks. So I guess that's okay that this part is still review, but it is something that I do plan to continue on and go ahead and pay for this year and let them do the whole year of it. Um, also it's, it's, it's nothing that I feel like if. There was something complicated in it that we couldn't follow up with one of the uh, Big Fat Notebook series books or find um, a resource on Khan Academy or a printable worksheet that could help supplement what they were doing. But so far, I haven't needed to do that. They seem to be very um, complete with what they've been doing so far. But again, to them, they're saying it's still review for them. They haven't really branched into new things just yet. So, but we're enjoying it and I, and we do plan to continue it. So thank you for that question. And I'll, I'll continue to give updates on that. Are you allowed to travel? Yes. Yeah, we spent a month in the Caribbean. So for sure, you can definitely travel. And there's people that do, you know, world schooling where they have like a home base, home of record. That's where they send in, if they're required to, they send all their information from that home of record state and then they spend the year traveling so for sure you can definitely travel how do you how do you start a homeschool cooperative i have no experience starting one um but my understanding is it's just as simple as you establish it either through a facebook group and start it if you want to make it official like where you have running a business you can um have a dedicated llc and a, and a dedicated business bank account where you would like receive the dues for that homeschool cooperative um, but again, I have never started one. So I don't know if anyone in the chat has ever started one and wants to respond to Hive Triver just to give your thoughts and experience on starting one. But it, I think it depends on how sophisticated you want it to be. If you're looking for just a local group that y'all get together at the park and maybe do some field trips, but money's not changing hands. I wouldn't think that you would need much other than, you know, an email list to keep everybody kind of, um. On the same page with with notifications but if you do plan to involve money with it i would maybe say look into getting an established separate bank account for it just so that i don't know there's no confusion with or speculation that you might be trying to enrich yourself like have everything be separate from your personal stuff is what i would say but i I don't think you have to it's just that's what i would do if i were gonna start one do you incorporate play into your lessons? You're terrible at pretend play, more of a hands-on, and you struggle incorporating play. I definitely incorporate play in our lessons. I do that through buying games like um, Pictionary. We've we've done before. We've done Upward. So the rules are already established. It's not really us pretending. We're just playing the game as it's written. Um, also, Math Bingo is a game that we play quite often. Um, the game of life, Monopoly. These are games where the rules are established. I don't do much pretend play with my kids. I let them do that on their own. (laughs) I can't be all the things. So um, yeah, I don't do much pretend play with them. I I just stay out of the way on that one. Um, But I'll buy them things that make pretend play easier, like Lego uh, sets or like that Follies. Play set that we got. They've done some pretend play with that just over the you know couple days that we've had it. Um, I don't, much, I don't really get involved <laughs> with the pretend play, but I do play games um, with my kids during school. You said you've joined an association where they keep transcripts and whatnot, but curriculum is on me. Oh, okay, gotcha. So they're they're kind of taking the administrative task on. So that's nice. That's a cool way to do it. Oh shoot, it just snapped to the bottom. Okay. Um. Oh, golly. Maybe some, maybe a play date can help with pretend play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, guys, I don't take on all the roles. <laughs> like pretend play, I leave to them with you know, each other or with their friends. You need a good eighth grade math curriculum. Yeah, so is it Brady? I would definitely say check out the resources in my profile. There's a bunch of different ones on there that are all in one, or you can put it together by subject for your eighth grader. Um, Lots of different things have been recommended over the course of these lives, so I would just take some time to kind of look through that list and see what stands out for you. Callie, you asked, do you know of any high school programs? I do. Um, Again, there's some on that list because a lot of those all-in-one programs, they go all the way through 12th grade. Um, One that gets talked about a lot uh, that a lot of people really like is time for learning. Um, That's actually on my radar for high school as well. Um, So that's one in particular that I know of off the top of my head, but there's many more on the resources list that you can look through and kind of see what appeals to you. Another thing you could do um, if you're just like, I just want to know what I need um, is go to the Homeschool Buyers Club website and take their curriculum quiz where it asks you different questions about your kid. And then at the end of that quiz, it'll ask you for an email. So always have like a burner email you can throw in there. And then uh, it'll give you the results of some curriculum that sound like it would best fit your kid's needs. So I do like that website, which again is Homeschool Buyers Club. I have that linked in my profile as well. Um, under the resources list for you to just be able to check out that quiz um, and see what they recommend because they uh, have taken the time to put that quiz together to try to see, you know, and match you up with some curriculum based on your kids' learning style and your budget and what you're trying to um, accomplish, like how many hours you want to spend working on it, that kind of thing, all that's in the quiz. So definitely, I I like that. I took that quiz and it, it, Gave out some recommendations that I was like, oh, okay, cool. I hadn't heard of some of those programs. So, um, again, that was Homeschool Buyers Club to take that quiz, which is in the resources list in my profile. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. <laughs> you said, can we see your school set up or classroom? Sure. Give me a second on that. It's a little messy. <laughs> so don't judge me. It's real life. Um, you said a good money game is allowance, old game, but great game. Wait, is it called Good Money Game? What's the title of it, Rebecca? How long do you guys school per day? Um, Alexandra, uh, our schedule is set up for four and a half hours per day, but uh, oftentimes we um, go a little less than that. Where did you get the Folly playset? I do have it linked in my profile, Cammie, if you want to check that out. You can get it directly from their website. And if you use the link, I I suppose I should say this if you use the link in my profile, it'll give you 15% off too. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Jennifer. Okay, you guys say you do about a three to four hour day. Yeah. I think it varies too, depending on like some subjects, my kids just get through so much faster, like typing. When they do a typing lesson, they're, they're usually not spending an hour on that, even though I have an hour allotted for it. Um, usually the, each of them are on for maybe 15 minutes on typing and then they go on to doing something else. You said, are there any plans for pre-K that enable you to start teaching them early? Yeah, so for Kimberly, um, if you wanted to look up a scope and sequence for a pre-K, you certainly can. and uh, It's called scope and sequence. This one is from this brand Horizons, but you can just Google this, okay, because many different brands do it. And here you see they have some ideas for what a young pre-K kid should know, and you can just go through this list and kind of check off and say, okay, yeah, we can work on that, we can work on that, and that'll give you an idea of where to start or where to take that. Um, so just, you know, do an internet search for pre-K scope and sequence. And I think you'll find some good stuff. Also flockschool.com is a website that does pre-made lesson plans for homeschoolers. And they start at the pre-K level too, um, for that website. So you can go there and check out some of the lesson plans that are already put together for pre-K and see if any of those stand out to you and, um, you can incorporate those in your day with your with your two-year-old. So yeah, a lot of good stuff on that list, y'all, on that resources list. Definitely do check it out. Dasha, you said, hey, good morning. I'm a third-year homeschool mama to a first and third grader. Awesome. Well, welcome. I have a first grader this year as well. So definitely glad you popped in to say hello. You said, is algebra on your family curriculum? Yes, yeah, that's uh, teaching textbooks right now. My oldest is doing pre-algebra through teaching textbooks, and so she'll probably continue on there uh, with it as long as she likes it after this year. But yeah, for sure, algebra is part of our curriculum. We also have that um, the high school series of the Big Fat Notebooks um, by Workman Publishing, the same people that do Brain Quest, and they have a whole book dedicated to pre-algebra and algebra one that. It's like a resource book or a reference book to help your kid um, learn everything they need to know for algebra. It also has knowledge checks between each chapter. So almost like a quiz after each chapter. You could totally utilize that in your program as well. Alrighty, You said, do you have to touch on every subject every day? No, you don't. And we don't. Um, The only subjects we do every day are English language arts and math and foreign language practice. And then other subjects we do like once a week. And you know, it, it also just depends on how that week is going. Like sometimes my kids just come across things that they've seen on TV and they want to explore that in more, more in depth. So we've had whole weeks of just science or we've had whole weeks where we were dedicated to history. Like um, two years ago, we started our family tree, which was, um, that's what we used to incorporate a lot of history into our homeschool was learning our family lineage. And then um, we were using the Ancestry.com census data. And you know, that goes back every 10 years. So every decade, we were learning like the significant events of that decade and how it would have affected our family, uh, how it would have affected our state, you know, and so it was just it was very open-ended. There wasn't just like, we only did Ancestry on one day per week. Like it's, it spread out throughout that whole school year. So there were definitely times where we spent more time on history than art, for example, that year. So you you don't have to do every subject every day, not at all. Okay. It's like, so what are y'all teaching for history? How can we, how can I be with her? Wait, what? So, what are y'all teaching for history? How real can you be with her? Okay, I thought I forgot real. Uh, how real can you be with her? Um, you can get really real if you're if your kid's ready. Like, and I was just talking about we did the ancestry with um, our family. and it got pretty real, like especially as we were getting back beyond, you know, the 1900s. And we were talking about how our families, some of our family members went from being illiterate to literate, how they went from being sharecroppers to homeowners. And because you can see that progression on the census and it got, we had some really real conversations. So I think it depends on your kids' readiness for that conversation. Um, I would say probably third grade and up, you can get a little bit more real, maybe K through second grade um it just depends like you might have a very mature first grader who's like ready for it so you know that though like you're the best gauge of how real you can get and keep in mind like history is kind of circular so like you might start with talking about um i don't know like your state like uh, a lot of first grade activities have you do like your house your city your county your state and do that activity where you can um, display, like where your kid is in the grand scheme of this country. So maybe that's where you focus on for first grade, but then second grade, you can go into more detail talking about like how our state became a state and then, you know, just get more and more detailed as you go on. Um, but yeah, you can get pretty real. I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) You were feeling pressure. Oh yeah. No, you don't have to do every subject every day for sure. okay so yeah you're rotating your subjects absolutely yeah i wouldn't i would definitely you know front load the subject they like the best but um you can definitely not do every subject every day you said it's all the algebra information on your website uh i don't have a website but i have talked about all of the algebra things that i just mentioned before it's not in one Concise location. Maybe I should have a website. I don't know. <laughs> I don't currently have a website, though. Have you used Outschool before? I have not, but it is on my radar for high school subjects. Uh, good morning. Has anyone tried Saxon math for seventh grade and Nicole, the math lady? Oh, she was at the homeschool conference I went to, Nicole, the math lady. Um, and Saxon, they were present with some of you know the vendors. Um, I have not personally tried Saxon math. Is, I don't know if anyone else in here wants to share their experience with Cat Saxon math. Kay, are you not a moderator? Boink, now you are. There you go. And thank you, Kay. You're like killing it today with answering the questions that I'm missing. I appreciate that. Can you speak to the transition from public school to homeschool? Do some kids have a hard time? So I have not. My kids have not been to public school, but if anyone else wants to jump in, okay, there you go. I see Zo. Zoanne, you jumped in. You said for sure that is this is why deschooling is so important, especially for older kids. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. With like the longer your kid has been in public school, the longer they would need to like decompress from that and deschool. Um, for sure. Okay, and Blue Rose, you said, you use Saxon math while teaching in private school, but not for homeschool. Okay. What was your experience with that? How did you like it in private school? Angelina, you asked, is it best to use pencils or crayons for preschool who are now learning how to write letters? Honestly, I've used dry erase at the preschool level. I found that to be more engaging for them. And also uh, saved a lot of paper (laughs) because at the preschool level, we had a lot of like scribble days where they just were not interested in following, you know, the little guided lines at all. And I just found myself having to keep buying things or I was getting frustrated with them like, no, we're supposed to be practicing letters. Um, But getting dry erase, wipe clean workbooks solved that problem. And letting the preschoolers use the thicker markers because the little thin markers that it came with, I didn't I found that that was not. Those markers weren't very helpful. So getting the thicker markers on the wipe clean workbooks actually proved to be better for our family when it came to having them learn to write letters and then graduate to thinner dry erase markers and then eventually to pencils once they had been practicing with the dry erase for a little bit. So that's how, that's how we did it. Oh gosh, it just snapped all the way back down again. Shoot, we are typing fast today. That one shocked me. Um, gosh. What is your favorite vocabulary slash spelling for fifth grade and second grade? Having trouble finding a good one. So we have used the McGraw-Hill vocabulary workbooks. Um, I like those because they have an age range from third to fifth and sixth to eighth. Um, and each lesson is like a puzzle. Um, so it didn't feel like just a straight up spelling because that was kind of boring to my kids. Um, Also, what we've done for vocabulary and spelling is word searches, like incorporating incrementally more difficult word searches really helped to build the vocabulary and for them to practice spelling in a fun way. So those are the things that I have liked. If anyone else wants to share what they have been liking for vocabulary and spelling, please do feel free. Ashley Montgomery, you were asking what are um, good free curriculum resources for first graders? So there's several listed in my resources list, and that's in my um, link tree and my profile. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about Easy Peasy as a free one. Um, Am- Amble Slide I think is also a free resource, like a free all-in-one curriculum. Um, Teachers Pay Teachers is another way that you can get free resources. It's not a full-blown curriculum, but every single shop on Teachers Pay Teachers has to have at least one free resource. So there's a ton of freebies on Teachers Pay Teachers that you could look into that would supplement a curriculum for your first grader. And it's very easy to like sort by subject and grade for what you would be looking for on that website. Uh, but definitely do check out the resources link because a lot of things get added on every single week. So um, I would I would look there for some good stuff. You said, oh, shoot it, jump down again, okay. And thank y'all for answering and, and collaborating with each other as well. The question is, how do you do sports? Um, so usually every community, there's a sign up. Uh, you can look into like the local rec- recreation and leisure uh, for your county or just for your area to see what sports are being offered. My kids are not in sports, so the activities they chose just weren't sports related. Um, My son is doing Taekwondo, but that's, I don't know. Well, it's an Olympic sport, but not everyone considers that like a traditional sport. Um, And I just signed up for one that I saw that was interesting. Actually, my husband heard about it at work and we signed up for it. And um, that's how we got involved with it. Uh, My girls are not interested in sports at the moment, but if they ever were, I would go through probably our parks and recreation, or if they wanted to play for the high school level, that uh, we have a law here in Georgia that would allow them to do that if they wanted to. Uh, You said anyone else having trouble with a lefty and handwriting? She's about to turn four. I have a lefty. the, she didn't really have trouble, you know, we just had to make adaptations for her turning the page towards her, you know, put the angle of the page towards her belly button to help with angling her arm. But, you know, just practice. Um, I, I, would, I wouldn't say we had any more trouble than my right-handed kids. It's just about when they're ready. So trying not to like push it too hard before they're ready. And just give them lots of opportunities to practice writing different things like their name or writing letters to their family, their grandparents, that kind of thing. But um, we didn't really have any trouble with her as a lefty. Oh, shoot. Okay. I see you guys are chatting about de-schooling. Yes, thank you. (laughs) De-schooling is your soapbox. Like, socialization is (laughs) mine. Socialization is my soapbox, y'all. Anyone that's, like, coming at at homeschoolers, like, how do they socialize? I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I'm ready for this one. Let's go. (laughs) You said, do they get a diploma for homeschool? You're guessing you'd have to pick a state. Um, So when it comes to the formal diploma, you would just order it from the same places that every public school orders their diplomas from if you wanted to, or you could order it from Etsy. Like There's lots of different diploma vendors where you could get the formal certificate. Um, When it comes to the transcript as a homeschooler, uh, every state law empowers you to have those same administrative have the same administrative authority as a public school or a private school. So you would be the one creating the transcript. So that's when, you know, earlier we were chatting about the difference between homeschooling and and private school. Homeschool, you're the administrator of all the documents that your kid would need up to and including the transcript for high school and their formal diploma, um, should you choose to award them one. Um, with private school, that would be handled through the private school's administrator or registrar office. So you wouldn't handle that if your kid was in private school. And yes, it carries the same weight if, if you are planning to send your kid to college. Hand, the transcript that you create carries the same weight as the transcript that's printed from the public school or the private school. I was an admissions counselor, so I know that without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> it carries the exact same weight. Yep you're good all good okay let's see you said your kiddo is a lefty and he has late caught asd and to could no longer help so really we just practice a lot yeah a lot of times if your kid is struggling with someone they just something they do just need um know an additional practice with it but if it is something that you're feeling like concerned about where you're like no we we might need to get a professional involved please do like don't don't ever feel like you have to you know just struggle in in isolation and frustration like homeschooling is a collaborative thing and a lot of a lot more people are so much more open to helping and providing advice and resources that's one of the reasons i really love doing these lives is because you're not getting just me sitting on some soapbox or pedestal telling you what to do. This is a collaboration of me and other homeschoolers who come in and share their ideas, share their experiences so that we're all learning something that we didn't know about before. So, um, if you are new to me, please know that this is not my expert opinion only podcast. No, this is collaborative. I'm just, I happen to just be the one reading <laughs> out the comments um, and I try to do a little bit better job. But when it gets a little fast, I know I do miss them. So I appreciate everyone who's in here um, helping to answer the questions as they're coming through. You said you have to go to the neighboring county for sports. Only thing out here is baseball and softball. Oh, and y'all can't do high school sports in Kentucky. Mm. Well, hopefully that changes now that more people are getting interested in um, homeschool, but they still want to have their kids have that you know opportunity. I know for us in Georgia, the Dexter Mosley Act didn't come into law until I think 2020. So it's still fairly new to us so hopefully that kind of catches on in other states or maybe other states you know your representative just needs to be made aware like hey do you know what georgia's doing maybe we should do that too (laughs) so um sometimes it just takes a little bit of advocacy i know our state uh legislature does homeschool day at the capitol if your state does something similar i would definitely take advantage of going there and just putting that bug in the ear of your representatives to say hey we'd love to be able to do something like the dexter mosley act in georgia so that um, so that, that becomes an opportunity for your kids as they get older. They're trying to change high school sports, but lots of Kentucky homeschoolers don't want it to avoid overreach. Got it. Okay. Well then, yeah, that, that's, I guess, something to consider too. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Melaneta got it. She said, y'all can't do sports in New York either. Okay. You said, "Oh, Maria, you said you've worked full time and you have so many doubts, but you know this is best." Yeah, I've definitely worked as well, um, and it is—it's a challenge for sure. Yes, homeschoolers are eligible for for financial aid in college if needed. That is so true. How do you get? How do you get your child diagnosed for learning disabilities without going through the school? Okay, if uh, did anyone already address Cami's question? think, Kay, you answered it. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to say. You go through your doctor and sometimes... I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. This episode is sponsored by Follies. Follies believes it's never too early to develop an eye for design and that children everywhere deserve access to products that respect their intelligence and sense of aesthetics. Be sure to visit playfollies.com or click on their link in this episode's show notes for more information. And now back to the show, depending on what the concern is, but yeah, you would, you would make your concerns known to your doctor, through your your child's, you know, well visits and um, get a referral that way. So yeah, you don't have to go through the school. In Illinois, it's district by district for, for school sports. Okay. Interesting. All right. Cool. Good. I'm so glad you guys are connecting too. Good morning. You said you can't do that in Texas. Hmm. I'm I'm well, I'm actually not surprised about that by Texas. Texas takes their sports a little bit like very seriously. <laughs> and they probably would try to think of some way to like have like extra leagues or something. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> okay, cool. Thank you guys. Um, Simply Mama M, especially uh, dropping y'all's information about how you guys went about um, getting your diagnoses. Thank you. Oh, you said no seriously. That's one reason Georgia's on your radar. Yeah, I'm, I've heard of people moving to Georgia for the for sports, um, one person I know in particular moved from North Carolina to Georgia for gymnastics. So I, I do know it's a thing. <laughs> Jeanette, you said you were in Texas yesterday. They are so serious about the sports. I know it's it's a it's interesting. <laughs> Indiana has left that decision up to each school district, and yours says no to homeschoolers. Oh no. Well, my thing about that too, guys, is sometimes the advocacy, that's where, you know, parents, homeschool parents being, you know, involved and, and making those connections, because it's it's sometimes it's such a who you know, kind of game. And a lot of times people are always resistant to something new, but to show the benefits, I think, and to sometimes be that trailblazer, it does take, you know, knocking on the door more than once. So, yep. Yeah. That could be a thing. Good morning. Hey, you said new homeschooling mom here from Florida. Well, welcome. Welcome. Definitely ask any questions you have. You said in Florida, sports and extracurricular, extracurricular activities are open to homeschoolers. Okay, good to know. So in Florida, homeschoolers are able to participate able to participate. Like I said, I know for Georgia specifically, um, it starts at the sixth grade level. So your elementary school kids can't participate in elementary school extracurricular activities. But there's so many uh, after school programs anyway, that I don't even really think that that's a concern for most of us here um, at the elementary school level, because we still have access to like community theaters and 4-H and the Scouts and Junior Ranger program. And community sport. So like, there's no, I don't feel like we're at a disadvantage at all in any capacity. And that's why when I do have the occasional um, homeschool hater talk to me, I'm just like, give me something that your kid can do that I can't. The list is, there isn't anything. So I don't have a problem having that conversation. You said second year homeschooling with a rising first grader in North Carolina, and you are looking forward to this year. Awesome. Good. Yeah, I have a first grader as well, and he's so much more excited about school this year than he was last year because everything I think was kind of new. We were transitioning from like, you know, pre-K toddler to kindergarten, and he was just like, I don't want to. But now this year he's much more excited. You just named us the Homeschool League as the Trailblazers. I love it. (laughs) Yes, I love it. You said, is it too late to have your child homeschooled? I don't know. What state are you in? Because some states do have a deadline, but I think probably not. You're in New York City, and last year you didn't have the info. Someone told me it was too late to start. Okay, so New York City has um, on their Department of Education website, I think it's, let's just look. For some reason, August 15th is standing out in my brain, that was yesterday, but let me see if I'm mixing up states, because I sometimes look up different states and get them, get my wires crossed. Let me see. So right now I'm on the Department of Education website for New York City. Just type in homeschooling in the search when you get there. Okay, so yeah, they do have mandated deadlines. July 1st, you have to submit your letter of intent. August 15th is when you have to submit your individualized home instruction plan. Um, It also says it provides families four weeks of submission on the letter of intent. So yesterday was the deadline for New York City Mm, but, you know, they have an email address on here, um, Glamish Cosmetics. It's homeschool at schools.nyc.gov. I would just email them directly and ask, is there any flexibility on that deadline? And see if you can get that form in, like, today. Because, I mean, it's, it you know, just yesterday was the deadline. But I would email them directly to see what the... Um, what, if any wiggle room they have, cause I wouldn't want you to think, well, it said yesterday, so there's no hope. Maybe they have a grace period, but I don't know that for sure. Oh, no, Miss Sarah, there you go. It says it's never too late to start. You can supply a letter of intent at any time. Oh, thank you for being here. Cause I did not know. So awesome. 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 Thank you, Miss Sarah. Because how that reads on the website is like mm. it seems like it's mandated hard deadline, but I always think there's wiggle room. So good that you were able to like confirm for sure that there is. And thank you, thank you, thank you for dropping that information. Okay, cool. And they have to provide services. Oh, excellent, awesome, Miss Sarah, you are on it. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have you on the list so I can be like, because I do get a lot of people in um, in the lives who are from New York, and I'm just like, we don't have anyone on the list <laughs> that I can refer you to. So your your comment section and inbox might, be, uh <laughs> might get flooded here in the next couple of weeks as people from New York are asking questions, because I will definitely be like, listen, I'm in Georgia. We do things a little different in the South. There's no deadline here. But now that um, you've said that, I will tell them, like, you know, from what I know, there's no deadline in New York, even though it's on the website. But definitely reach out to uh, Miss Sarah because she knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeanette, you're in New York too. Okay, cool. You said um, you have to look at state lot districts. Make it harder than it is. Mm, that's unfortunate that they are, you know, making it unnecessarily difficult. <laughs> you said wiggle it just a little bit. You said in Maryland, you were able to apply in the middle of the school year and were accepted. Okay, good. Yeah, because I have to imagine different family circumstances, you know, children get withdrawn from school all throughout the year. So I cannot imagine that, you know, most states would make that process insanely difficult. They probably don't want to encourage it, but I would imagine you can still you know, withdraw midway or, you know, any time of year and still submit your information. But when it comes to specific questions like that, you just wanna make sure that you're reaching out directly to the source, like through the Department of Education so that you're getting that most up-to-date information because people arbitrarily change rules all the time. So no blog or, you know, person on the internet knows everything for sure. You always wanna just follow up with what you've heard, like trust, but verify. to make sure that you're getting that, you know, correct information. But I definitely appreciate all 'all, y'all in here from New York, like confirming, like, even though it says on their website that mandated time, like that there's wiggle room and y'all can definitely um, get in there uh, at any time of the year. Good morning. You said, what can you use to assess, what can you use to assess your kids to see where they are on math and reading? So, um, there's a couple of free assessments that are on the website edulastic.com. It's kind of an intense assessment, though. Um, I would say you can use, um, like, Teaching Textbooks does a free assessment uh, for math. That's for math only. Um, you could also do assessments through Khan Academy, if I'm not mistaken. Um but like I said, Edulastic is one of those websites that has multiple different types of assessments. Also, <clears throat> the Spectrum tests are available like through the Carson DeLosa website, the people that make the Spectrum workbooks, they do assessments as well. Um, i trying to think off the top of my head, who else does free assessments for math and English language arts? Um, some of the testing websites, like I think the California Achievement Test, And the past test by Hewitt Learning, they offer free sample assessments. Hey, I can see you over there on YouTube. (laughs) You're the first person to leave a message. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I wasn't looking to the right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm live on YouTube at the same time. So, sorry, uh, I don't know how long you were there, but, yes, I can see you. Thank you. Um. So yeah, there's a couple different um, assessment tools that are also all of those that I just mentioned were listed on the resources list as well. Hey, Miss Turner, I think that's you on both of these. <laughs> okay, so you're just trying. You're just getting started in Memphis. You're looking for first steps. Okay, cool. So. Um, If you're looking for, like, specifics to Tennessee, um, I do know Teresa on my Rolodex is also um, getting stuck, is a second generation homeschooler, actually, in Tennessee, if you wanted to reach out to her specifically um, to get the, like, the real deal on Tennessee. But for the most part, um, each of the states, you're going to have kind of a similar start process um, in that you're going to want to just research the law for Tennessee, which you can find um, a quick abbreviated version of that through the HSLDA website, this forward slash legal up there. Um, For Tennessee, it looks like you have similar, you you do have a notification requirement um, once your child turns six. So as long as your kindergartner kindergartner is six years old, You do um, need to notify the state of Tennessee that you're getting started. You know what, now that I think about it, have I ever been to the Tennessee website? Let's, Let's see what that looks like. Tennessee Department of Education. We'll just use Tennessee as an example here. You're starting homeschooling this year and you don't have anyone that you can pick their brain. Well, Amanda, welcome and pick away. We have lots of homeschoolers in here right now. So go right ahead ask any questions that you have. I'm just going to do, oh, I have been here to the Tennessee website before. Sometimes, like I said, it bleeds together for me, y'all. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Homeschooling in Tennessee. Let's see what's required. mm-hmm Okay, so you have three options in Tennessee. You can do it independently. You can do a church-related umbrella program or an accredited online school. So if you choose to go the independent route, you do, 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 do. They have your, like, your requirements are listed here. Parent has to have a high school diploma or GED. You have to register with your local school system prior to each year. You have to do four hours a day for 180 days per year. That's pretty standard. Keep record keeping, do record keeping, and then send it to the director of schools at the end of the year. Um, Testing in grades five and seven. Uh, Let's see. Oh, wait, what? Do they pay for the testing? Oh, okay, you can do the testing at the local public school that they would go to, or you can arrange it yourself at your expense. Got it. Okay. Um, if you want to re enter the public school system, then your kid would have to be tested for grade placement. Okay, got it. So that sounds pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Most of that is how it is in every other state, too. So nothing stood out as being like, outlandish. Um, Every state, though, is just like different. Like, who do you have to submit this to? Well, in Tennessee, you have to submit it to your local school district, as opposed to like the state itself, like the State Department of Education website. So um, as I was saying, um, you could definitely reach out to Teresa, who's from Tennessee, on the list, or um, anyone in here as well, if you have other questions. Um, They do have the intent to homeschool letter, right there on the Tennessee website. So all I did was just Google Tennessee Department of Education website, go to the main website and type in homeschool, two separate words, um, and it takes you directly to that page. And you can print out this form, pre-fill it. And it looks like you have to attach documentation that your students have received immunizations as required by, and then they put the Tennessee law on there. So that that is different than Georgia, but the rest of this looks very similar. So, and then you would submit that to um, the the, the um, contact person for your district, for your school system. Okay, so, oh, I missed a bunch of comments. Hey, what's up, Jai? You're over on YouTube now. I'm <laughs> multitasking. Cool. Okay, let me see. Oh, what are we talking about? What did I miss? Hold on, let me jump back up because I was talking about Tennessee. You're thinking about using a church-related program in Tennessee. Okay, what I just read was the independent uh, rules for Tennessee. So you would want to jump back in there on the Tennessee website to read the requirements for the church umbrella program. You said if you don't enroll your third third year, third Oh, three year old for school period and homeschool. Can the school do anything? No, no, sc- no, of the, I n- ah, can't talk. None of the states require anything but at the age of three. Have you heard of map testing? I have, yes. Some people do prefer that. You, <laughs> Jeanette, yeah, I'm looking at like technically four screens right now. <laughs> So I'm just like, if I'm missing you guys' question, please forgive me. I'm trying to make sure the podcast is recording, that YouTube is still live and recording, looking up the resources that we're talking about, and trying to follow the chat. So if I'm missing you, my bad. (laughs) It's not intentional, I promise you. Mimi, you said your son's school is starting tomorrow and you don't want them to... Um, Harass before you can file the affidavit. I would just go ahead and withdraw them, because usually there's a grace period between the time that you withdraw and the time that you submit for homeschool. But um, if they're not, if you know for sure that they're not attending, don't leave them on the school's rolls. Like let the school know that they're being withdrawn. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, guys. My that tickling my throat. You're considering Chromebooks for your kids. Okay, yeah, I've heard some folks are using Chromebooks as well. I think that's a pretty common resource. You're starting kindergarten, homeschooling, you're nervous. Welcome, welcome, you're amongst friends. (laughs) We're all a bit nervous, Emily, for sure. Okay, I saw someone mention Georgia, but I've lost the comment. Let me jump back up. <clears throat> oh, there it is. You're in Georgia. How do you notify the state that you'll be starting homeschooling your cousins? Um, so, and is funding available? So, natural, for, um, and you have to have custody of whoever you're homeschooling. That's the main thing. Like the only the person who has custody of the kids can fill out that form. So, And it's very simple, it's online. I actually have um, a video series in my profile specifically about starting homeschool. And I use Georgia as the example and go to the website and and click on that, um, click through that process for you. So as long as you are the legal guardian of your cousins, then you're good to go. Um, As far as funding is concerned, there are opportunities to reimburse for special education. Um, so if any of your cousins have like expenses for special needs, they do offer that, I think, once a year where you can submit an application to get reimbursed for expenses. So it's not given up front. Um, other than that, I'm not aware of any, any additional funding in Georgia um, that you can just apply for and like receive on a, um, an annual or monthly basis. <clears throat> you said your child is not getting reading comprehension. What do you do? How old is your child? Um, spin the stress away. It could be that it's a bit early, but it also could be the material that's being used. Um, when it comes to reading comprehension though, I find that in my case, it was the material. My kids were just plain out not interested in what I was presenting through the workbooks. So it's like I had to just change up what I was using. To grasp their attention because they can understand what they read when they were interested in reading it but if i was choosing or just using like a a plain workbook that i just ordered and it put in there like um i don't know something related to um i don't know the odyssey i always talk about the odyssey it's, they weren't interested in reading anything about the Odyssey. So the comprehension just wasn't there because there was no interest. So I would um, try to see if a change of material has any difference, makes any difference. Uh, definitely, I would encourage you to go to the library and just see what they are interested in doing. What, are they in, what do they naturally gravitate in the library and then try to incorporate reading comprehension based on things that they're interested in rather than just what's suggested in the workbook or on a worksheet. And thank y'all for the likes. I'm sorry. I don't think I've said that. I see them pop up occasionally. I, I so appreciate that too. Thank you. All right. You said, yeah, yes, of course, Jeanette, or the person with uh, custody can sign off. Yes, that's true. Thank you for catching that. Um, yeah. So whoever has legal custody of, of the kids has to be the one to fill out the form, but then you could be their teacher. Oh, in Maryland, they want homeschool paperwork filed before you unenroll. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Okay, let me see. Kaya, you said she picked up so many books. Oh, good. And I'm glad that y'all are fully recovered. Good. Y'all are going to have a ball. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad y'all are feeling better. Okay, cool. All right, I think I'm caught up if I've missed you. Oh, no, there you go. What are, what are, what's your advice? What advice would you give for first time homeschooling moms? Take your time, Emily. That's my whole thing. Like. Take your time. Do not feel pressured and rushed just because, you know, public school is operating on this schedule and you're operating on this schedule. I like to use the example a lot of homeschooling being like being an entrepreneur. Okay. When you first start your business, you cannot compare yourself and operate like Amazon. And you shouldn't. Um, Take your time getting to know your child's learning style, getting to know your. Uh, teaching method experiment with a lot of different things and free trials of, of uh, c- curriculum so you don't feel like you have to like lock in on day one of homeschooling with a particular curriculum and never ever change. Um, in fact that, that really could set yourself up for a frustrating time by trying to do that. Um, this is new to you and it you should take your time and be incremental and intentional about what you're doing. So, I would definitely, that's my biggest thing. And and that's definitely what I did not do. (laughs) So, that's why I I pressed really hard for you guys to not compare yourself to public school. Take it easy, get to know your your kids' learning style and um, enjoy the process. You know, look at learning as a lifestyle as opposed to just something that you do from you know, between this hour and this hour of the day. You can learn all day long with your kid. You can teach any time of day with your kids. And in my opinion, they actually learn better that way because you're not necessarily just preparing for the test all the time. I feel like that's one of the reasons why my memory is like shot, because I spent the better part of 10, 12 years in public school and another four years in college Cr- cramming information into my brain just to do a brain dump for the next test the next week so i can't remember anything <laughs> or i have to like visually see it or see it highlighted in a particular color cuz that's what i trained my brain to do and my kids learn in a totally different way because it's it's a nice slow pace and they actually remember it there's no forced urgency of you know uh, some test that they don't have to really know you know like all that time of Memorizing and testing and forgetting, memorizing, testing, forgetting, memorizing, testing, forgetting. It takes a toll on my, it took a toll on my brain. So the fact that I don't have to do that and we don't have to do that with our homeschool kids is so much better, in my opinion, for our kids over the long term. But definitely that's my advice for new homeschoolers. It's like, take your time, think of it like a lifestyle and don't compare yourself to public school. You said, how do you get your child to move faster with their schoolwork? Like not drag it out. For example, writing. Um, If it's not grasping them, I try to, I I think more of the material. Like what am I using? Maybe they're just not liking it. Um, Or it could just be like, what's going on with them that day? Do we need a mental health day? If it's out of the norm for them, to, to move slowly, I would say, like, take a mental health day on that subject and just, like, say, like, what's going on with this? Like, you're not interested in it? You're, you know, what's going on? I would, I would want to get to the root of it. Um, like, if they normally do it in a timely fashion and that day they're not, I would take that as, like, a pattern change and want to get to the bottom of it. Um, or if they just find it boring, I'd probably change the assignment to something that they find more interesting because um, they can write about anything. Like when we're teaching our kids writing, it doesn't have to be what the worksheet dictates. You can definitely encourage your kid to write about their favorite show or their favorite movie. So it just um, it just depends on what the reason is behind them moving slow. Excuse me. Wait a minute. what am I missing with the chat? Oh, you guys are talking about a cricket. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I don't have one of those, but man, if I did, I'd be monogramming everything. You're having a hard time from family thinking homeschooling isn't a good idea. Ooh, same Mimi. Okay, so here's the thing about that. And I've talked about this um, before. So (laughs) when it comes to family disagreeing, I I put up in two categories, like family that you would want to have involved with your kids going forward and that you wouldn't mind explaining your decisions to, or family that's just criticizing you and they have no interest or you know they're, they're not really part of your kid's life, they're just talking. For those people, ignore, that's very simple. Like You don't owe them an explanation for your life choices. For the people that you would want to continue to have a relationship with, um, that you would wanna be a part of your kid's life, um, I, it's it, to me in my opinion, it's worth the conversation to chat with them and, t- and explain like why you feel that homeschooling is the best better option for your kids. Um, you can talk them through the process of getting started and that you've done the research that you are committed to this, all that kind of stuff just so that they know like this isn't just some whim of, of a decision that you've made. Um, that's what I had to do with my parents who were also against it at the beginning they were just like, why? why would you do this? Just put them in school. But when I explained it to them, I showed them my process and all of that, they are now my biggest supporters and the biggest champions of homeschooling. But again, it took having that conversation because they just didn't know what they didn't know. They, they had no exposure to it other than what they saw or read online. So walking them through the process, explaining to them was essential to gain their support and now they're on board. Other people, let your kid's success be the do the talking. Like You don't owe everyone an explanation but it depends on which category of of, of critic you have, because not every type of criticism is bad. It just depends on the you know where it's coming from. If it's coming from a genuine place, then you can give them a genuine answer. If it's coming from a your kid's gonna be weird and what about socialization and da 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 da, da. S- silence, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you get nothing from me um, in that regard. So. And you may just, like I said, let let the success of your kids do the talking over time. Because that's also, I had folks in that category in my family. And now everyone's like, oh my gosh, homeschool is such a good idea. Can you help me? And I'm like, if I have time. (laughs) So kind of that's where we're at on that. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. This episode was sponsored by Follies, makers of playsets that are thoughtfully designed and responsibly sourced, creating products that not only your kids will love, but ones that also look good in your space. Be sure to visit playfollies.com or click on their link in this episode's show notes for more information, and I'll catch you in the next episode.